0: Good morning. You know, that's really true, don't we? We look at a situation and we see things falling apart. We see all the bad things that are happening. We look at, we look at the negative things and God looks at it. He sees what it's going to become. He sees what you're going to become. He looks at our potential. Of course, that makes me smile when I remember that commercial. There's a commercial on TV about Pinocchio is a bad, (laughs) Pinocchio is a bad motivational speaker. He gets up in front of the audience, you know, and he's trying to pump them up, you know. And he says, you have potential. And all of a sudden, his nose (laughs) grows about 12 feet long. Oh, the poor guy, he was so happy. And then he starts looking down in the audience. (laughs) Pinocchio is a bad motivational speaker. But, you know, God always looks at what we can be. And he wants us to be the best we can be. He wants us to live for him and serve him. Shall we just open in a word of prayer? Father, we're so thankful that we're here this morning. We know we're missing quite a few of our saints today. We pray you'll be with them, visit them, bring them back to us once again. We pray especially for Bill who's going to have his surgery coming up on Tuesday. We pray that it'll be successful and a good result for him. And Lord, we pray for Dave and Mark that you'll heal them of their flu. And Hilton as well is not feeling well and we miss them, Lord, this morning. We pray now that you'll guide us by the Holy Spirit and encourage our hearts today, Lord. You're the great encourager, and we just pray that we will receive encouragement and comfort and that you'll build us up today and challenge our faith. We just ask this and give thanks and pray that you'll hide me behind the cross. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. A story is told of a great missionary by the name of David Brainerd. And he was a missionary to the Indians and he would go out and preach the gospel to the Indians and win them to Christ. Well, one day he was out on one of his journeys and he got caught in a very severe storm and he didn't have any shelter or protection or food or anything with him. And so he was in trouble. And so he took refuge in the log of a large tree. And it turns out as he was there in that tree seeking refuge, that there was a little squirrel that came and the squirrel had a nut, some nuts. And he would, the squirrel uh, would come and he would he would have, have these nuts and he would eat the nuts, but he would leave some behind. So David Brainerd would eat the nuts that were left behind by the squirrel. Now, it did, turns out that that squirrel wasn't there just once. That squirrel came back and he brought more nuts and God sustained His servant on those nuts that were brought by the squirrel. God provided for His servant through a squirrel. Now, if God can provide for a squ- through a squirrel, He can provide through others. He can provide through circumstances. He can provide through the things that we go through in life. And as we look back in our lives and we see how faithful God has been to us over the years, We can thank him that he is a faithful God and he has always provided for us. And that's the encouragement of it. David said in Psalm 37 and verse 25, I am young. I was young and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous begging bread. We praise God for that. The title of our message is four words this morning. The Lord will provide. And it was so encouraging to me when I came across this passage in Genesis chapter 22. God asked Abraham to do something that many of us would not be willing to do. He asked him to offer up his son Isaac on one of the mountains in Moriah as a burnt offering to the Lord. And he was his only son who he loved so much. He loved Isaac so much. Can you imagine the Lord asked him to go and offer up Isaac? But he didn't complain. He didn't resist. He didn't argue. He didn't delay. says he got up early the next morning and off they went. And when the time came for Abraham to slay his son in accordance with what God asked him to do, God stopped it. God called it off and God provided a ram caught in a thicket so that Abraham could offer that ram in the place of his son. God always provides. He provides a way. When we can't see the way, He provides a way. When we can't see where the answer is going to come from, God does. And He always remains Faithful. It says in Genesis chapter 22, verses 13 and 14, Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Someone has said that God spared Abraham something he didn't spare himself. He allowed Abraham to spare his son Isaac but God did not spare His Son, Jesus. He willingly offered Him up for us on the cross. He provided a free salvation to us all through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the three things that we're going to look at briefly this morning is number one, the Lord will provide now what He has provided for us in, as He has in the past. So He's going to be, He was faithful then and He'll be faithful now. You know, the 49ers are, are in the playoffs. They won yesterday. They might go to the Super Bowl. They might even win the Super Bowl. And it's pretty exciting for the fans of the Bay Area. Well, the fans of the 49ers are called the faithful. And the faithful have seen five Super Bowl championships. But after they won those five Super Bowl championships, the sixth one has been a long time coming. They got close. They were in there against Atlanta but they, they um, lost it or to Baltimore, I should say, and they lost it and they haven't won. But the fans of the 49ers are known to be faithful. They're known to be faithful and they hang in there and they're great fans and loud too. And it's fairly good. So the second point is the Lord will provide all that is needed. He doesn't guarantee that he's going to give us what we want. But he does guarantee that he was going to give us what we need. And that's encouraging because God alone knows our hearts. He knows our situation, what we're in and what we're up against. And he always comes through. He provides what's needed. And thirdly, the Lord will provide for us at precisely the right time. Not a minute too soon and not a minute too late. God will provide. I've been out of work since October 1st. And looking for a job and praying. And the Lord has been giving me these verses. He's been encouraging me from the word of God to wait upon him, to trust in him, that he will provide. And so the Lord is so good. And you notice when we see those four words, it says the Lord will provide. It doesn't say the Lord may provide. It doesn't say the Lord might provide. It doesn't say the Lord should provide. It says the Lord will provide. He is a God that can be counted on. Like we sang in that song this morning. We've proved Him or and or, haven't we? Over and over, God has proved Himself faithful to us. And yet, when we get into a situation, when we're out of work or where there's a health issue involved or finances involved or other difficulties that we're going through all of a sudden it becomes this huge mountain in front of our eyes. We don't see anything but the trial itself. And yet God says, Dean, wait a minute. Haven't I taken care of you before? Yes, Lord, you have. Haven't I provided for you before? Yes, you have, Lord. Haven't I given you a job every time you've needed it? Yes, you have, Lord. And so we have to remember what he's done from... for us in the past in order to give us the springboard to trust him more for the future as well. So let's look at our first point today. God is, is, will provide for us now as he has done in the past. He's a very faithful heavenly father. The great missionary Hudson Taylor had complete trust in God's faithfulness. And I really like him. And, and I also like the story of George Mueller. And how he trusted God for his orphanage and how God provided at the last minute sometimes, but he provided for those orphans and and over and over again. And Hudson Taylor wrote in his journal one day, he said, Our Heavenly Father is a very experienced one. He knows very well his children wake up with a good appetite every morning. He said he sustained three million Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years. And we do not expect that he will send three million missionaries to China. But if he did, he would have ample means to sustain them all. He said, depend on God. God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. And that's so true. Paul said to the Philippians, he said, and my God shall supply all your need. Not some of it. All of it, all your need, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Bill McDonald points out in his commentary, he's not saying that God is going to give us out of his riches, but he's going to give us according to his riches. Like if I have ten dollars and I say, I'm going to give you five dollars, Matt. That means I'm going to have five left. But God's not like that. God gives you ten. He's still got a whole lot more left. And so he can sustain us, he can strengthen us, he can provide for us in our need. And he does and he will. And we look back on our lives and we see his faithfulness. One thing I learned this week is I didn't realize that Charles Spurgeon came from a very poor family. His father was a minister of the gospel and he loved to preach the gospel, but he was he was not a man of, of means God always provided for his needs, but he never broadcasted it. He never put out and said, oh, I need money. You notice the television and evangelists and so forth. Can you imagine if they had to be restricted? You can't ask for money. Oh, they wouldn't be happy at all about that because that's what they do. But as Christians, we shouldn't broadcast our needs. We should pray for our needs on our knees. We should ask God's help. Well, one day they were there at the farm and they were farmers and and the cow that they had to produce milk and of course you can get cheese and other things from the cow as well. It fell over and died. So Charles Spurgeon's grandmother said to him, to the husband, what are we going to do now, James? How is God going to provide for our dear children now? And they had a large family. And he says, mother, God said he would provide and I believe that he could send 50 cows if he pleased and God is able. So it happened one day that there was a group of gentlemen meeting in London and they were responsible for distributing to the needs of of poor uh, ministers of the gospel and helping them out. And they always helped those who'd in a request. So, if you send in a request, you're in a tough situation, you need financial help, they were the ones that would provide for it. But, of course, Charles Spurgeon's father did not, James, did not want to broadcast those things. He wanted to provide for his own family and his needs. So, they distributed all the money and they had five pounds left in the English money. They had five pounds left. So, One said, Well, there's a Mr. Spurgeon, who is Charles' father, down in Stamborne in Essex, a poor minister, and he stands in need of five pounds. So they, they knew he had needs. Oh, said another, Don't send him five pounds. I'll put five to it. He's a worthy man. No, said another, I'll give also. Let's send him ten pounds. And another said, Let's put add to that. So they ended up sending him 20 pounds, which was quite a bit of money in those days. And they sent it to the mother and she had to pay the postage. The, the, Charles Spurgeon's grandmother had to pay the postage uh, of nine pence. And she didn't want to give up the nine pence, but she got 20 pounds in it. And God showed that he can provide even when the need is not known anybody else. It's between him and God. And God sent the need. God is able to provide. You know, the Lord hears our prayers even before we ask him. There's a beautiful verse in, in Isaiah that says, Before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. God knows our needs even before we make them known. And he provides for us And the Lord will always provide. He's provided for us in the past, right, Jim? And He's going to provide for us now in the future. And that's the encouragement of it. And secondly, not only does the Lord provide for us now, just like He has in the past, but He provides all that we need. You need a job? The Lord will provide you a job. You need a husband? The Lord will provide you a husband. You need a wife? The Lord will provide you a wife. You're looking for... Some financial situation, the Lord provides. I've heard of Christians where they've gone out to their mailbox and they've looked in the mailbox, they've opened it up, and the exact amount of their need is in that mailbox. And it's so encouraging because it strengthens our faith. And so the Lord always provides what we need. The story is told of Hagar, who was the maidservant of Sarah, and there was a falling out because of a situation there. And she was, Abraham sent her on her way. And we know the story there in Genesis chapter 21 verses 15 to 19. And there she was. And she, it says that, that the skin of water that Abraham had given her was used up. She set the boy down. She thought they were going to die. That the boy was going to die. She couldn't stand to see him uh, suffer and die. And so, She said, let me not see the death of my boy. She sat down and she cried and God sent an angel. The angel of the Lord spoke to her and it says, the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said, what ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. And arise, lift up the lad and hold him with your hand and I will make of him a great nation Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. May God bless the reading of his word. He even cared for Hagar. And he cared for her son. And he cares for us in the things that we need as well. And he knows what the needs are. The story is told of Elijah and how God provided for him. And I think this is encouraging too because... He provided for the needs of Elijah and he used the well that he was there at the the brook at Cherith and he drank from it and God sent ravens to bring bread and meat to Elijah every morning and every um, evening until the famine was over. And it mentions that in First Kings chapter 17, 2 to 7. And God promised to meet the need and he met the need. Another story of Elijah that's really encouraging is the widow of Zarephath. And she was a poor widow and she had nothing, almost nothing left. And she was just going to prepare herself a little meal for her and her son and they were going to die because they had no means of support in this famine that was ravaging the land of Israel at that time. And Elijah comes along and it seems very selfish uh, on the surface, because he says, first, make me a little cake, a little meal. You take that meal and the oil and make me a little and then make some for your son and for yourself. So she did. She was obedient to God when it made no sense at all. Taking the little that they had, give it to the prophet first. OK, I'm going to honor God. I'm going to trust God. And through that, it says the oil didn't stop and she kept Ongoing, and God provided for her and her son all the way through the famine because she trusted God. God will provide, and He does in our lives. There's a story told of a 17th century German preacher by the name of August H. Frank. And I was telling Elisa this morning, uh, there's a, the name August. It's a German name, just like their son is named August. Well, this man's name was August. As well, and he ran an orphanage, kind of like George Mueller, and he cared for these children there in Germany, in Halle, Germany. And one day, they started to run out of funds, and he got discouraged because they they needed funds to carry on this work. And one day, there was a knock at the door. And a a widow, a poor destitute widow came to the door and she says, I need your help, sir, please. I have nothing. I I have nothing to live on. I have no money. I have nothing. Please help me with whatever you can. Well, this man had nothing himself because they were running short for the for the orphanage. And he didn't. He said, I'm so sorry. I can't help you. But the Lord convicted him. And so he said, "Okay," because she started to cry and it was really a tough scene. And so then he said, I'm going to go pray about it right now. So he went in and he prayed about it and God put it on his heart by the Holy Spirit that he should give her help, that he should give what he had and trust God for his own needs and give it to this this poor widow. So that's exactly what he did. Two mornings later, he received a letter of thanks from the widow and she explained that because of his generosity... She asked that the Lord shower the orphanage with gifts. The same day, this man named Frank received 12 ducats, which was the German currency at that time, from a wealthy lady and two more from a friend in Sweden. He thought he had been amply rewarded for helping the widow. He was happy with that. But soon he was informed that the orphanage was also to receive 500 gold pieces from the estate of Prince Ludwig von Württemberg. And when he heard that, he wept in gratitude because he said, I gave sacrificially and the Lord gave me back what I needed and more. And that's what the way the Lord works. The Lord is faithful and he gives us what we need. And he gives us what we need for our families and for ourselves. We've seen God's faithfulness and we see it over and over. And then the third point this morning, not only does God provide for us in the present like he has in the past. And not only does he provide us all that we need, but he provides it for us at precisely the right time. Now, my timing would have been October 2nd. I get the job October 2nd. That would have been my timing. Lord, can you send it a little bit sooner? Can you do it a little bit quicker? We want to rush the Lord. Lord, it's a little slow. You're going a little slow here. You're not providing for me the way I should. Uh, why not? Why have I waited so long? Why do I have to wait so long? And And the Lord shows that his timing is perfect. Remember what happened with Lazarus. He got sick and they sent word to Jesus. The one whom you love is sick. Jesus stayed where he was and waited four days because he waited for Lazarus to die because he knew that he was going to raise him up from the dead. But both Mary and Martha, they both said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. But God was going to do something special. He was going to do something miraculous that was beyond the healing of the body. He was going to raise that whole dead body right out of the tomb. And that's what he did. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus rose from the dead. And that was a greater miracle than it would have been had he just healed him. And so God's timing is always perfect. It's right in the nick of time. I think about the story of Lot and his family and they were living in Sodom. And that's another story. They shouldn't have been living in Sodom. They shouldn't have been there. That's not where God wanted them to be, but that's where they were. And it says in the New Testament that Lot was a righteous man and his soul was vexed by what went on in the city of Sodom. And so God sent the angels there to bring Lot and his family out of Sodom before the destruction of fire and brimstone would come down from the Lord's His judgment. And so, Lot hesitated. His wife hesitated. So, the angels, there were two angels, they had to take them by the hand along with his two daughters and lead them out of the city because they were not willing to go right away. And it says, Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. When God tells us to do something, we need to do it. We need to be obedient. We need to trust in Him because He provides. He provided their salvation right at the nick of time before the judgment came down. They said, we cannot do anything until you move out of the city. And then we will bring the judgment upon that city. God's timing is perfect. God's timing is beautiful. And I read a beautiful hymn this morning. I've never heard of it before, but it was written by John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace. And I found this hymn and I said, wow, what a beautiful hymn. And the title of it is, The Lord Will Provide. Listen to these words. Though troubles assail us and dangers affright, though friends should all fail us and all foes unite, yet one thing secures us. The Lord will provide. The birds without garner or storehouse are fed. From them let us learn to trust God for our bread. His saints, what is fitting, shall ne'er be denied, so long as 'tis written, the Lord will provide. When Satan assails us to stop up our path, and all courage fails us, we triumph by faith. He cannot take from us though oft he has tried, this heart cheering promise the Lord will provide. No strength of our own and no goodness we claim, yet since we have known of the Savior's great name, in some way or other the Lord will provide. In this is our strong tower for safety we hide. The Lord is our power. The Lord will provide. If we don't take anything out of this message today, if you forget everything I said, which is fine, no problem if you forget it all, remember these four words, the Lord will provide. Because just as soon as the Amen comes, there's going to be something coming up this week that you're going to need the Lord for it. And you're going to need to remember these promises. The Lord will provide. It gives us such great hope Such great encouragement, such great peace in our lives when we remember the Lord's promise, the Lord will provide. I preach it to myself first and then I share it with you. It blessed my heart so much. That's why I got up at my desk and I said, well, I'm not speaking till the following week. I want to study this message now. I want to prepare it now because God will provide. And when God does provide, it gives us such great joy. And we thank him for it because he is so good. He's provided for us in the past. He'll provide us for us in the future as well. One day there was a story told of a, of a young boy who had a bad experience in the public school. So his father, who was named Eric, decided to pray for different options for his kids. And I thank God that we have Christian schools. And I thank God that we have homeschools because we have a lot of mothers who are homeschooling their kids. And it's a big responsibility and it's a great blessing. So the father was praying and he felt like God had told him that he would bring a Christian school to his area. And guess what? God brought a Christian school to his area. The Lord will provide. When there's a need, The Lord will provide when we have something that's on our hearts that's concerning us. The Lord will provide. We have to remember it. We have to trust him for it. And can you imagine that father and son and that bond that became between them? And the father says, I was praying for that. And God answered the prayer and he does. And starting tomorrow night for the men, we're going to have a prayer meeting and we're going to thank the Lord that we start off and we're going to put our prayer requests before the Lord as we do. And we're going to see God answer. We're going to see the Lord provide. We're going to see Him take us through some, some difficult experiences this year. But you know when God, what God does, He doesn't put us down at the shallow end of the pool. He starts us there in our Christian life. But He takes us up to the deep end of the pool. You know, when you go swimming, if you can touch the bottom, you feel pretty good, right? Because, you know, I've got my feet squarely on the bottom, whether it's of a river or a, or a lake, if there's a lake bottom there, or in a swimming pool or whatever. You feel good because your, your feet are on solid ground. I'm okay here. But when you're in water as deep as Lake Tahoe, which is one of the deepest lakes in the whole world, you can't touch the bottom. And our faith sometimes needs to realize we can't touch the bottom. We can't find our own strength and our own human resources to touch the bottom. And when that happens, we have to trust God because no, no situation is too deep for Him. No circumstance is too hard for Him. He can do it. He can help us. He can provide for us. May the Lord encourage us like Abraham to realize that the Lord will provide. And I love how it says in the scripture, in this verse in in Genesis, where it says, the Lord will provide as it says this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Do you realize that very spot where God brought Abraham to offer his son Isaac is the very same spot that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, offered himself up for us on the cross of Calvary. He says, in the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. Our salvation was provided on that mountain. That mount called Calvary. That mount called Golgotha. He died for us. He provided for us what we needed desperately is the forgiveness of our sins. To have eternal life and be with Him forever in heaven. God will provide. He's provided our salvation. There's a beautiful verse I love from Romans chapter 8 and verse 32. It says, God who spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not also with Him freely give us all things? God is a generous God. He wants to give us all things. He wants to provide for our situation. He may send a squirrel to feed us, he may say, no raven to feed us. He's not limited by any of these things. He can use people. He can use circumstances. He can use things to provide for our needs. And God does that. And he, he we know that it comes from Him. And when the answer comes, we should say, Thank you, Lord. This, this answer is from you. This provision is from you. I take it from you. And God will provide. So we're thankful for that, that God is able and more than able to help us. Whether it be a big situation or a smaller situation, uh, God will provide. So like they say on TV, stay tuned. Uh, The Lord will provide. I'll let you know. How it turns out, you'll be the first to know. I'm glad we're back meeting now because then we, we share our needs, we share our requests and we see that God has provided for us and He will provide for us. And that's what's exciting. It's the waiting along the way is where we grow our faith and then when we get to the answer, we're so thrilled because we see the Lord has done it. The Lord has done it. The Lord has provided. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your faithfulness. We even sang it this morning at the breaking of bread. Great is Thy faithfulness, O God, our Father. There is no shadow of turning with Thee. Thou changest not, Thy compassions they fail not. As Thou hast been, Thou forever wilt be. Great is Thy faithfulness, great is Thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. And we just thank You for Your faithfulness, Lord. Thank You that You've provided for us. In the past and you will provide for us now in the future. We thank you, Lord, that you always provide what's needed. Not necessarily what we want, but what is needed according to your will and according to your timing. Help us to wait, Lord. I'm the first to confess that it's not easy to wait. We want things to happen sooner. I want things to happen sooner. But Lord, when we trust you and you keep encouraging us from your word and through prayer to keep going, keep waiting, keep trusting, keep obeying, then we know that we're in Your will. And whatever happens, happens, Lord, because You will bring it to pass. Yes, You are so good. And we pray that You'll take us home safely today. Lord, help us to be a thankful people and help us to say with with the Scripture that we read this morning, the Lord will provide. Help us not to waver in our commitment to you, in our faith in you. Help us to put our trust, Lord, in you, Lord Jesus, the solid rock. And we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.